Hey, welcome to the Jewish Road Podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm here with my dad. <laughs> Howdy, folks. Uh, we are here. We're back. We're back? Did they even know we were gone? Oh, but boy, there's a lot of stuff happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know. we don't do anything halfway around here. We, yeah. uh, you know, when something happens, we just go all the way, yeah. you know. Yeah. All right. So that's good. And the insurance will cover it. <laughs> <laughs> I heard only 90%, but we'll see. Oh. Um, hey, uh, we did a little bit of a podcast. Uh, every once in a while, we get asked to go talk with somebody else. Can you believe it? We're, we're not just here to talk ourselves, to listen to ourselves talk, which is mostly what we do. Yeah. Yeah. And they asked us. They, asked, <laughs> they wanted us. They wanted to hear from us. Somebody wanted to talk to us. Of course. Why wouldn't they want to hear from us? We have lots of good things to say, right? Yeah. I mean, you must be surprised because most of the time you're just talking to yourself. And yeah. then every once in a while I'll say, well, I'll talk to you. Yeah. Well, and that was the I birth talk of... to myself because I've told you, sometimes you just have to have an intelligent, intelligent conversation. That's right. And yeah. sometimes you argue with yourself there too. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, so the person who asked us to talk this time, his name is Rich Ferreira. Rich has been a good friend uh, for many years, back in the Talbot days, uh, and then even when he was leading the effort at the Joshua Wilderness Retreat at Hume Lake out there in California. And then uh, over the years, I've done a ton of trips with him uh, to Israel, the Middle East, been to Egypt, and to Turkey, and to Jordan, and Israel. And so uh, we, we sat down and we talked with him. And what do we talk about? We we actually talked about at that time we were talking about the Jewish feasts, the uh, the appointed times of Israel, as it says in the scripture. Yeah. So he was asking questions about what is Rosh Hashanah, what is or or the head of the year, right? The Feast of Trumpets. Yeah. What is what is Yom Kippur? What is Sukkot or the Feast of Tabernacles? And so we did a overarching big picture. And if you've been listening to the podcast in the last couple episodes, we've done some deeper dives where we've paused and done one at a time and kind of done a deep dive on those things. But this is just kind of a big overview. And we got to hear some questions from Rich's perspective. And we sat down and talked with him. Yeah. 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 So... Uh, we have that for everybody to listen to. Yes, we do. So all we do is we say, uh, hit it, and then it'll just magically through the work of, you know, geniuses behind the scenes that will merge those all together. This conversation with that, and before we do that, before we say hit it, um, we will also just remind you that we are going to Israel with GTI Tours. So Rich is uh, the the general manager of GTI Tours. They're located out there in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and they help run all of the details for our tours and work with the the on the ground in Israel and get all of those details and done a great job. But when are we going to Israel? We're going to Israel uh less than a year from now in October of next year and uh, I'll tell you I'm looking forward to it uh, you know all those who are going to go with us uh, you're going to have a great time uh, we stay in great hotels we stay in a great kibbutz uh, the the food and the meals are terrific and uh, you know apart from that uh, the teaching and visiting all the sites as we travel from Dan to Beersheba in Israel are really exciting, and uh, we uh, we learn a lot from walking where Yeshua walked. Yep, it's a good mix of 
Uh, there's kind of an intensity to the schedule, and we're moving, moving, moving. We'll probably have 42 stops uh, is generally what we've done. 42 stops, 42 Bible studies. Can you believe you're going to talk that much? Wow. And this way, there'll be an entire audience there I for you. I won't be able to talk to myself, will I? <laughs> no, you'll have no time to talk to yourself. Uh, so pretty intense and lots of really digging deep into the Word, uh, but also really great times back at the hotel. And that's where we kind of debrief and process every night and just kind of hang around, sit with a view, and be able to digest a little bit more of what we just saw and encountered during the day. Yeah, and, and we give exams to everybody who's out there. Right? There is a test. You don't get to go the next day unless you pass the exam for That's that right. current one, right? <laughs> no. Just kidding. Yeah. So, hey, uh, if you want to find out more about the Israel trip, go to thejewishroad.com slash Israel, and you can sign up there for our interest list. And registration will open up here November 2022. Uh, that's when we can book all the airlines, and we'll have all the final costs associated with it, and you can jump in. So uh, find out more there. Feel free to shoot us an email, and uh, we will get you more information if you need. But in the meantime, sit back, relax, and enjoy, because this is our conversation with Rich Ferreira and GTI Tour. Welcome to the GTI Tours Podcast. Join us as we go behind the scenes and discuss with trip leaders, guides, biblical scholars, and more to bring the land and the lessons of the Bible to life. Hello and welcome to the GTI Tours Podcast. My name is Rich and I'm going to be your host today. And we are back at the podcast again and having a lot of fun. And it's always about digging into the land and lessons of the Bible. And today, we're going to spend some time, because I get a lot of questions all the time about Jewish culture, and especially kind of even modern day today, uh, the Jewish feasts and the different festivals that are going on. So we figured this is a perfect time to dive into that because we are in the fall season and there are a lot of Jewish feasts happening. There's a lot going on, so we might as well ask some great questions about that. So on the show, we've got a regular, good old Matt Davis, who's been with us many a times, uh, but we brought the guru in. We brought his dad <laughs> in to help us out, so Ron Davis is with us as well. So we're gonna, we're just going to spend some time with them, learning and having a good time, um, and these are some, some great guys that I know you're going to learn a lot from. So Matt and Ron, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. I think I'm going to have to let my head get uh, back to normal a little after being called guru. <laughs> yeah, there'll be no living with him now. Thanks. I appreciate that, Rich. Well, as we get started here, Matt, you've ran trips with us. Ron's been done trips with us. Why don't you guys a little bit just tell us about yourselves so that those who maybe don't know you um, can get a little background as we step into this and why I would ask you to be on the show to talk about the fall festivals. Well, uh, we are both Jewish, so that's a good place to start, right? That is um, a great place. And, and not only are we Jewish, but we also uh, follow Jesus, the Messiah. And uh, because of that, you know, I grew up in a home, which would be his home, uh, where we celebrated things like Shabbat every Friday. Um, you know, you, every kid has that first moment, every Jewish boy at eight days old, finds out that they are now part of the covenant. And uh, it's kind of a rude awakening. And uh, it, it does get easier from there. But uh, it, we celebrated the holidays and, and all of the different things that come along with uh, being Jewish. And so uh, we've done this really, right, Dad, like our entire lives. Yeah. And uh, I'd say because Matt grew up in, uh, in our home, 
we were brand new believers uh, at the time he was born. I didn't grow up in a uh, messianic home. I uh, grew up in uh, basic, a traditional, uh, conservative, uh, kind of conservative, kind of secular Jewish home, traditional Jewish home. Um, and so it was uh, a real awakening at that point when uh, I discovered that Jesus is actually the Messiah. And here you guys are with us today to be able to give us context of the Jewish roots with a, what I love, a messianic understanding of who Jesus Christ is and how he fits into all of that. So side plug, we're going to hear a little bit about their ministry. And if you guys have ever wanted to get on a trip with somebody who understands the messianic understanding of who Jesus is with a Jewish cultural uh, connection to it, these are the guys to go with. So we'll be highlighting a little bit, some of their trips coming up, but I'm just grateful you guys are on the show. So Let's kind of get started with this whole fun here is that I just got back from Israel and everybody was getting ready for the high holy days. Like that's all that people were talking about was that there was a whole lot of festival coming up. There was multiple different things going to happen. So you've got the high holy days. But six months ago, we were celebrating a whole different set of holidays. So maybe we can start off with what's the difference between the holidays that are in the spring and the ones that are in the fall. Dad, you want to start there? Well, when we look at the spring holidays, uh, that uh, begins with observance of Passover, the celebration of Passover. And uh, it is just a tremendous time when we actually sit down and have our Passover feast, our banquet, and we recollect all of the issues uh, that were involved with Israel in terms of God bringing them out of Egypt and uh, into uh, relationship with him as a nation at that point. And it involved, uh, at, at that point of deliverance, it involved the uh, sacrifice of a lamb. And of course, uh, when we become believers uh, in the Messiah, we recognize the fact that that, uh, that uh, sacrifice was a shadow. It was looking forward to uh, something else, and that is that the Messiah, who was the Lamb of God, who would come and take away the sin of the world. And so we have in those springtime feasts, we have the coming of the Messiah and uh, his sacrifice, and then... Uh, Feast of First Fruits, uh, right after Unleavened Bread, where uh, it's a shadow again of the resurrection, uh, basically in Israel, thanking God that the first fruits are finally up out of the ground and you take them and make a wave offering before the Lord. But it was significant of the fact that the Messiah, as Paul refers to him, as the first fruits of those resurrected. And so we have we have these feasts that were prophetic and are now historical, the first three feasts. And then uh, the fourth feast, 50 days later, which is Shavuot, Feast of Weeks, or Pentecost, uh, which is the coming of the Holy Spirit, the birthday, really, I guess you could say, of the, the church. And after that, we have a long summertime, a harvest time. Now, all of these holidays, though, they're, they're found really in, in one chapter. They're all gathered in Leviticus 23. And so you can read that starting with uh, Shabbat or the Sabbath, 
And then you walk through and all of these feasts. And so if you had like a really big, like looking at the forest, uh, the spring feasts are the ones that have been fulfilled and they've been fulfilled in Jesus. And, and really from a messianic perspective, these fall feasts are the ones that we're looking forward to. They are prophetic. All of these are prophetic. There's some that have already been fulfilled. And then these fall feasts are the ones that we are looking forward to in their fulfillment. That gets exciting then. I mean, if we're looking at fall feasts, ones that are going to be fulfillment of Christ coming back. I mean, that's, that's kind of a fun thing. I mean, that's, a lot of people love to talk about revelation and like, you know, the return of Christ. And so that's kind of what we're looking at with these feasts, which that's exciting. I mean, these are some exciting things to think about. Yeah, and on the timeline, you know, God is saying these are the appointed feasts of the Lord. These are God's appointed feasts. Like God has a calendar, and it probably it, it makes sense to pay attention to him as all of these things were actually fulfilled. And we believe that Jesus, he was crucified at the same time that you know historically the lambs were being slaughtered or crucified or killed uh, in in the Old Testament. As God has kept this calendar historically, we also can have faith that God is going to keep these feasts uh, on his timeline, his timetable uh, going forward. So it's it's good and it's important to be able to pay attention to what these things are as they come up. I think it's important that uh, we look at these in terms of the language that God has set forth in Leviticus. Uh, in Leviticus 23, we have seven feasts that he has given to Israel, and uh, he refers to them as the Moedim, or God's appointed times. These are times that have, have been consecrated and set for Israel. And so we've seen four of them fulfilled, and we have three of them that are still prophetic. I think this begs a question too, and and maybe you guys can speak to this a little bit uh, as we're talking like calendar or things like that. Like, is this the same calendar that that we use currently today? What, what how does that work, or is it a different calendar? Well, we, you know, we have the Gregorian calendar, uh, and as we're talking right now, we're finishing out September, moving into October, and. Uh, really, it's interesting because on the Jewish, there is a Jewish calendar. Uh, and as you're looking at the Jewish calendar, what it says uh, in Leviticus 23 or even Exodus, it says when you when you hit Passover, it says this will be the first month of months. This is the beginning of the year. Uh, and really, the season that we're in is is the start right now is the seventh month uh, of the of the Hebrew calendar. And so that we do have two different calendars and you know we the, the nice thing with the hebrew calendar is that all of the the months have 30 days um, and we, you don't have to memorize you know which you know does september have 30 days or 31 it's a lunar, yeah it's a lunar calendar but we also have a leap month Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every seven years, you got the leap month in there. So, um, you know, that's why it's important to pay attention. God has established this calendar. It's a biblical calendar, but it's a lunar calendar. And so right now, this is the season, the fall feasts, they're taking place here in the seventh month on the Hebrew calendar. And right. that would be called the new Hebrew calendar, right? Because there, there are, it seems like there are two, there's an ancient Hebrew calendar and a new Hebrew calendar. Well, there's, I think you would say that uh, what is taking place today, uh, and I think you're referring to the feast that we're in right now in this time of the year, uh, uh, the feast uh, of Russia. Well, it's not the feast, but it's Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year. Uh, and it's celebrated, I think, mistakenly in that way, because as Matt just said, uh, this uh, 
this day that they are referring to as the head of the year or the new year biblically is not the new year. We're in the month of Tishri right now, and that is the seventh month of the year according to the scripture. So we have a religious calendar, and then there's a civil calendar, and so this would be the beginning. The, those words, the Hebrew words, Rosh Hashanah, is, it means literally the head of the year. And this is the wonderful part about being Jewish, Rich, and uh, you, you know this, that when you have two Jews in a room, you get three opinions. Uh, sometimes with my dad, you get four or five opinions, and it's really great. He doesn't even actually need anyone else in the room. Yeah, I can argue with opinions. myself. There you go. <laughs> But that's uh, yeah. So this is this is that season, and this is typically you know with all of these holidays, you'll hear like we're referring to it as Rosh Hashanah. Uh, you'll also hear it uh, referred to as the Jewish New Year. You'll also hear it referred to as Yom Teruah or Zikaron Teruah, which means the day of the blowing or the remembrance of the day of the blowing. And so this is why Jews. This is why we argue for so long. Is there's just lots of really fun, confusing parts well, let, with all. Of let it. me let me say just for clarity's sake um, that this day, as I said in, in just a second ago, that it is mistakenly called the New Year. Uh, the Scripture says that this day is in the seventh month. It's the first day of the seventh month, and it's the first of three fall festivals. And what is really uh, at issue here is the fact that, well, the fact that this is a Jewish New Year is strictly traditional. Uh, but the real important thing is concerning these holidays and concerning these festival days in the fall, it is concerns Israel. It's for Israel. Uh, it occurs in Israel. It's pertaining to Israel and their relationship to God with the uh, to the God of Israel. And so all of these are focused, I say it that way, because God is going to ultimately, through the fulfillment of these days, fulfill his promises to Israel as he ushers in the kingdom ultimately. Just for clarifications, because Matt, you and I have had this conversation before, so I'm going to, for fun, ask it again, is, uh, you know, you are Jewish, you believe in Jesus, the Messiah. So does that mean you are a Christian? Ah, the question. Uh, the question I get all the time is, okay, so you're Jewish, but you also believe in Jesus. So that means that you're a Christian, right? And I say, oh, we're so close. Um, <laughs> It's a nothing's ever an easy answer um, it, because what what it means um, for me to to say that I'm a Christian it also means that it, in many people's minds when they're asking that question it means that I'm no longer Jewish that I have switched dugouts I have changed jerseys I'm no longer on that team I play for a different team and uh, it's just not true. Um, and, and really, we do a disservice towards our evangelistic outreach to the Jewish people when we call Jews who now believe or follow the Jewish Messiah, when we say that they are now Christian. Um, and, and we have to, and this is for another episode for another time, but there is a long history that is not a great history uh, between the church and the Jewish people. 
um, especially from the mindset and perspective of the Jewish people. Um, you have history like the, the early church. There has been a, a stream, unfortunately, of anti-Semitism that has run throughout the church, even the Crusades, the pogroms, even the Holocaust. Uh, Jews today will look at, at some of these events and they will believe that these were Christians that were forcing the Jews to give up their Jewish identity so that they could follow Jesus, they could follow the cross and forsake all of their, their heritage. And so what we want to really try to do is reach out to the Jewish people and say, no, 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 actually the most Jewish thing that you can do as a Jew is follow this Jewish Messiah who was prophesied by Jewish prophets, Jewish kings to come and, and to believe and put your faith in him is a very Jewish thing. My dad grew up not believing that Jesus was for him. You even had, you tell a story, dad, when you were a kid. Yeah, well, um, you know, when I, when I was young, uh, well, first of all, I, I come from Brooklyn, New York, and I lived in a predominantly Jewish neighborhood. Uh, even the public school that I went to closed on the Jewish High Holy Days. And, uh, and so I didn't have a lot of uh, exposure to, uh, you know, to anything outside of our Jewish world at that time. But then we moved to California, and it was not a predominantly Jewish neighborhood anymore. And I, I learned quickly uh, about uh, this fellow Jesus. And I, I remember once when I was a kid, I was playing uh, with one of my other kids. I was probably one of my friends. I was probably about 10 years old or something like that. And uh, the big game at that time was marbles. So we were on the ground shooting marbles and uh, this little thing fell out of his t-shirt. It was a, it was a chain with a cross and a little man on it. And I asked him, I said, buddy, what is that? And he said, it's a crucifix. And he could probably tell by the dumb look on my face that I still didn't understand what he was talking about. And uh, he said, it's Jesus. And I still didn't understand what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. So I went home and I asked my mother, hey, can I have one of those things like Buddy has? And uh, of course, af after she picked herself up off of the floor, she said, no. And I said, why not? And she said, he's not for you. And that's the way it remained from that time forward until I was like 26 years old. And I had a witness that I had to actually pay attention to, you know, because growing up Jewish and in a Jewish world, there is a line that you can cross. And once you cross that line, you're not Jewish anymore. And one of the, and, and the line for that is really believing in Jesus. You know, it's kind of like committing ethnic suicide. And so as, uh, as we uh, look at that, that's kind of, you know, how I came to start uh, considering uh, Jesus. And, you know, we have, we have kind of a misunderstanding on both sides. The Jewish people want to say, okay, you believe in Jesus. Now you're one of them. You're a Christian. And I say, no, I'm still Jewish. And then I have the church on the other side. I have Christians on the other side who say, well, you believe in Jesus. Now you're one of us. And I have to say to them, I'm still Jewish. So I'm getting tugged, from, tugged and pushed from both sides. And it's kind of, uh, that's the world we live in uh, right now that we have to navigate. Well, can I ask this question then? So I think we established a good point here is that to believe in Jesus does not make you, it makes you more Jewish. Like to believe in a Jewish Messiah means that you are doing the most Jewish thing possible. So then from a person who identifies then from a Christian side, is, is there still something to be gleaned and learned 
from studying the Jewish roots and things like these these festivals that we're about to talk about. Yeah. I mean, Rich, you know this more than anybody else. It, you know, I, I've been to about 130 different sites and cities in Israel. One of the most frustrating things, having been there so many times and seeing so many places, is driving by stops that you know that your bus is not going to pull over on. Um, you know, you, you, you'll just drive by and say, oh, I wish we could take everybody there and spend a half day at this spot, but you got to keep driving. And I, I do think that there there are places in Scripture that in the church um, we miss. We have to drive by them, or pastors in churches they drive by them because there's there's a lack of of connection. And and really, how we describe this in, in our ministry, it, it's like a two act play, right, Dad? What's the first act here? Yeah. Well, you know, we 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 came up with this metaphor uh, that uh, just seemed to really pop with us, and uh, it's as if all of the Jewish people in the world bought tickets to a two-act play. And they went into the first act, sat through, watched the first act. At intermission, they got up, went out to the lobby, got a drink, and went home. Meanwhile, all of the Christians, all the Gentiles in the world, they bought tickets to the same two-act play, but they got there late. They crossed the Jews in the lobby, and they saw the second act, and then they went home afterwards. And the tragedy, the real problem is that neither group has really seen or heard the entire story. And so we get to stand in the middle. Um, we're speaking to Jews who only go to synagogue and really spend their time, not, not just in the Old Testament, but really just the Torah. And then we also get to go to the other side and we go to Christians and we speak in churches and we go to them. And, and I, I do think that, that Christians certainly are, are versed in the Old Testament, but we're missing these hyperlinks, these amazing hyperlinks of what's going on. Like in John chapter seven, John chapter seven, it says that Jesus was in Jerusalem for the feast of booths and we read it, but nobody really knows what that means. We don't, what is the feast of booths? Why is this important? Why did John say it seven times in one chapter? And why is it so important when Jesus at the very end says on the last day of the great feast, Jesus stands up and he has a big declaration. Well, if you have the context of what's going on and what happened in that first act in the Old Testament, everything comes alive. And so we get to, this is what we do is we get to park and we get to stop and and we refer back to and we're 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 exploring these hyperlinks so that we have a continuity between Jewish history and salvation history and trying to connect those two acts together because they are they're just one story. I love it. So then now that we've got this established, this is fantastic. Let's step into what's going on currently right now. And we've got three different festivals and so maybe we can just work our way through each one and you guys can help us connect the dots on them. But let let's start let's start with Rosh Hashanah. Well, Rosh Hashanah. It, if you look at Leviticus twenty three, it says uh, in verse twenty three, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, "Speak to the people of Israel, saying, in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall observe a solemn rest, a memorial proclaimed with the blast of trumpets, a holy convocation. You shall not do any ordinary work, and you shall present a food offering to the Lord." What is happening uh, during this time? Really, Rosh Hashanah it kicks off, and it kicks off uh, what we call the 10 days of awe, or this is what is happening in the Jewish community. They're blowing the shofar, the ram's horn, and it's a call uh, to, 
it, it is the the Jewish New Year from a Jewish or Hebraic perspective. But what else is is going on, Dad? As we're we're celebrating this, well, you know, the the sound of the trumpet is a major part of. Uh, what is celebrated as Rosh Hashanah. And the Jewish people all around the world, as you said, are gathering uh, in the synagogues at that time. Uh, it's it's passed a couple of days ago now, but they will gather together on this day uh, and there will be a blowing of trumpets or shofarim, the shofar, the ram's horn. Uh, it will be a holy convocation. It'll be a Sabbath day. There is absolutely no work that is to take place at that time, and they'll be gathered together before the Lord, and that will be the beginning of a time of uh, of thought, the, the, these 10 days of awe, uh, thought, reflection, uh, prayer, and asking God for forgiveness and they'll blow the trumpet that begins those 10 days of awe, ending on Yom Kippur, which is when they believe that their fate is sealed and their names are written in the Book of Life for one year until next Yom Kippur. This is starting with these holidays. This is where Jewish people, they'll believe that God opens up the Book of Life, and it's during these 10 days and these 10 days only that God is watching. He's looking at our our behavior, our acts. And so you could have a next-door neighbor who's Jewish who's been crummy to you all year long, but during these 10 days, you'll know when it's High Holy Days if you're not following the calendar because— all of a sudden, uh, there's gifts and there's mitzvot. They're they're doing good <laughs> deeds, uh, and they know their their belief is that God is watching them during these ten days and their name. And and it, we even say there's a a, a little blessing. Uh, may your name be inscribed for a good year. Yeah, and the apples and honey. Yeah. What yeah. was that? Yeah, tova tikatevu. There you go. Thank you for the Hebrew backup. Yeah. So yes. So that is that is kind of the the modern celebration of of Rosh Hashanah today. Let, let me let me say though that as as believers, uh, we're not waiting for any festival or specific holiday for our names to be written in the Book of Life. The moment that we become believers in Yeshua is when our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. For the nation of Israel, that has not happened yet. And so the moment that they come together and confess their sin is when that is going to take place. And we're kind of migrating over to Yom Kippur, but there, there is a prerequisite that has to take place uh, that uh, leads to Israel's salvation. And it's written throughout many places in the scripture. Well, since you already started us going that direction, let's just keep moving. Yeah, let's let's roll right in because again, it's amazing how these all come together. As you yeah. guys said, like this is all part of a an act that's happening, even even with these festivals. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's at at that time uh, when Israel comes together and confesses this sin. And when we talk about confessing the sin, it's not that they're going to come and confess all of the sins. Like we think of sins that, well, I did this and I did that. And I said, so, you know, uh, we, we, we sin every day in word, thought, and deed. It's not that kind of thing. There's one specific sin and it's, as it's written in scripture, it's specific and it's singular. Uh, one specific singular inequity, uh, offense, transgression, 
Uh, Leviticus 26, 40 talks about it. Hosea chapter 5, beginning verse 15 to, to chapter 6, verse 3. Um, Zechariah chapter 12. Um, there is one specific sin, and in the Hebrew, it's avon, uh, is, is the word. And um, I, I would say, you know, in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah, when they found the scroll of the law and began to uh, look at it, and the people of Israel looked at it and said, oh my gosh, look, we have missed the whole thing here. And they, con they read it and they confessed all day long the sins and the sins of the fathers and so on and so forth. Uh, it's not in that same exact way that is going to bring Israel into that place of salvation, there is one specific sin, and that transgression, that offense, is the one like, for example, that Hosea talks about. Uh, he says, uh, this is God speaking in chapter 5, verse 15. He says, I will return again to my place till they acknowledge their offense. Now, in order to return to your place, you have to have left your place. And so God is speaking here, and he's saying, I'm going to return to my place. Well, who is it? Uh, when did God ever leave his place? Well, we know, we believe that it was in the incarnation when God became man, and he says until they, he's going to return to his place until they acknowledge their offense. They will seek my face in their affliction. They will earnestly seek me. And there are, you know, Yom Kippur is a time of affliction. It says in Leviticus 23 that uh, it is a time when you are to fast, you are to afflict your soul. Uh, there is going to be a physical affliction that is going to take place with Israel during the tribulation, and there is going to be a spiritual affliction that takes place when they recognize that offense and confess it. And for our, our listeners out there too, just, just to give a little bit more maybe context, like uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but th this is also the time where uh, the priest would go into the Holy of Holies, right? One, once a year to make atonement for, for the nation, right? Oh. Yeah, so you can get a, a bigger picture of that. Leviticus 16, uh, this is the one time a year. It's it's uh, the community sins, and there are certain prayers that are read even today in the synagogues where uh, the the rabbis will will say these these prayers, but we, we, we confess everything the, for the sins that we committed knowingly and the sins that we uh, committed unknowingly, right? The commission sins and the omission sins uh, for for our running to do evil and our limping to do good. And so we have all of these prayers and we ask, but this is where uh, the, the high priest in Leviticus 16 is putting his hands on the scapegoat, casting all of the sin on onto that goat and, and then setting... Uh, setting it free, uh, Azazel out. There was, there'd be a man in readiness taking it out. Um, to, and and the 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 picture of the people watching their sins leave the camp, never to return. Uh, and then the other one would be sacrificed. And there's a whole. I mean, we could do a whole thing just on on Yom Kippur. But uh, this is ten days later, after the beginning of these high holy days, after. Uh, Yom Teruah or Rosh Hashanah, we have, this is Yom Kippur, or it's the Day of Atonement. It's the covering, the day of our covering. And uh, we, 
Though we have our own covering and we've been forgiven of our sin, we have atonement through Jesus. Uh, there is a, a point in time where nationally Israel will come and they will say, Baruch Hashem Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And that national sin uh, will be forgiven. God will remove their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. And I think we might say that uh, the fulfillment of Yom Kippur of that day uh, is actually uh, the tribulation period. And this will lead to the time of Israel's salvation. I think just as the first four uh, festivals were fulfilled in Israel with the people of Israel before the God of Israel, that the last three that we're looking at, those fall feasts will be fulfilled in the same way. They'll be in proximity very closely to one another just as the holidays fall. So then how does that bring us into Sukkot? Uh, Sukkot has always been one of those holidays that I love when I'm when I'm in Israel because it's it's a party. Like mm-hmm. people are having a good time. Like they're 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 making things. They're like making forts. I mean, nothing gets better than making a fort. Uh, and, <laughs> and like they're they're setting up a sukkah and like it, it's just it's just a really it feels like a very different holiday compared to what has just happened previously. Yeah, and all of these holidays, you have these different time zones, right? So uh, 2,000 years ago, the there, there would be a great celebration, but what they're originally remembering was that, that we are a people who lived in booths, in the wilderness, that God was with us, God dwelled with us, in the wilderness and we were in booths and, and or forts it should be called the feast of forts that would be really fun actually that's a good idea uh, but this is this is sukkot or it, where we build sukkahs their dwellings um, or it's also known as the feast of tabernacles and so we recount uh, going way back to uh, those wilderness days that the exodus out of egypt that god dwelled with his people. And this is from the very beginning, even going back to the garden in Genesis, um, God's desire was to dwell with his people. As God pulled Israel out of Egypt, he said, you are my people. Uh, this is my, my, my holy nation, my royal priesthood. I am going to dwell with you. And I think though it was not the easiest or greatest of times for Israel, I think that God loved and loved being and dwelling with his people. And then you have this, and, and of course, we could go through the the indwelling of God and the Holy Spirit coming and filling the temple with the Shekinah glory. And then there was this period where the, the Spirit leaves and not to be seen all the way up until, what, Dad, Genesis, or no, not Genesis, but John chapter 1. Yeah, and uh, and the Word becomes flesh. Is that what you're referring to? That is exactly what yeah. I'm referring to. Yeah, and so... Uh, we are looking forward to a time when at the end of the tribulation, Jesus returns. Did you just say that? Yeah, I set you, I feel like I set you up really well, and then you just kind of dropped it, but that's okay. John chapter 1, that God came in the flesh and he dwelt or he tabernacled with us. Yeah, that's I love that one. To. There you yeah. go. I, I have to bring it all the way home there. But yes, that the, the, the Jesus was here. He was once again dwelling. And 
after he leaves again, he sits at the right hand of the Father. Then we have this the celebration of of Pentecost, but it's really the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And now, and I love this when we go to Israel and we're standing at the Wailing Wall, um, and everybody's there at the Western Wall, and they're trying to get close again to the presence of God. And we get to tell people when we go there that you will never be closer to the Spirit of God or the presence of God. The Jewish people will never be closer than when they are standing next to you, a believer who has the body as as the temple of the Holy Spirit, and God is indwelling them right there. And so we look forward to the day, ultimately, where heaven will be on earth and, and we'll have the new heavens, new earth, the new Jerusalem, and God will once again dwell with his people. That is the ultimate fulfillment uh, of, of Sukkot. You know, it's, it's as we're looking at all of these things, uh, we are considering the fact of what is going to take place ultimately with the nation Israel, because right now they are blinded and uh, they're still awaiting the coming of the Messiah. And, you know, as, as they will learn, there is no coming, there is no return of the Messiah until the end of the tribulation period. And unfortunately, we're told in uh, Zechariah 13 that two-thirds will perish, uh, and only, you know, the last one-third will he bring through the end of the tribulation. And that is the Israel at that time that, will be saved and uh, enter into that kingdom that we're talking about, the fulfillment of Sukkot or the Feast of Tabernacles. Well, this is what I love about podcasting and what I love as we get things rolling here. It's, it's good times. And we've, we've got, we've got some Jewish friends having some discussion and they happen to be related. So it makes it even better. It's a discussion, Matthew. Yeah. See. Oh man, you get the Matthew thrown in. This is fantastic. <laughs> can we well, can we uh, make sure we edit some of this when we're all done? Oh, I don't know. I, I might have to leave a lot of it in. The whole thing has to go. Oh boy. <laughs> so uh, maybe what we can jump into right here is is how how is this you know how is modern modern Jewish observance of these of these holidays like what does it look like today? And then maybe we can contrast that with you know, the messianic uh, side of how you guys, as you look at it, how do you observe it? Is it different? Is it the same? Yeah, I, I think a lot of times when you get to some of these holidays, uh, you know, I, and I, I've been a pastor in a church for, you know, a long time. So I, I understand we, we have certain people that will show up to the church on Christmas and Easter, affectionately termed Christers. Yes. Uh, and we yes. have the same is true in uh, the Jewish world. Uh, if you're going to go to a service, uh, you're going to go to the High Holy Days. Um, and you're going to go today, even here in America, you'll go to these services. They will be very long. They will be in a lot of Hebrew. They'll be uh, for Rosh Hashanah. There'll be a lot of uh, blowing of the shofar. In fact, they uh, will, depending on you know what what division or sect of Judaism, they'll they'll blow the shofar a hundred times. Um, and and so there is there's a lot of of ritual with it, um, and there's a lot of uh, expectation. The, there is something that that we as messianics have in common with the rest of the Jewish community, and that is that we are all looking for the re- the for the Messiah to come. Um, you know, there is a, a, the heartbeat of the Jewish people is we want Mashiach. We want Mashiach now. We want the Messiah. We want him to come now. Uh, and, and I, I echo that heart. I want 
Jesus to come again. I want our Messiah to come, but I believe that when he comes, that he is going to return. That means he's already been here. Um, and whereas a lot of our Jewish community, uh, friends, um, they, they, look at Jesus as a great prophet, a great teacher. He existed as man 2,000 years ago, uh, but they will not say that he was God. They will not say that he was the Messiah. And so that piece alone really changes our approach to these holidays and to this season. Um, this, Whereas the spring feasts were the season of our deliverance, we got out of Egypt, we've been delivered, um, we, we believe that we are not just delivered, but we were delivered from our, not just delivered from Egypt, but delivered from our sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this season is not the season of our deliverance, but it's really the season of returning, um, of, of teshuvah. It's, it's this returning of our hearts. It's a returning to the Lord. Um, but even from a messianic uh, perspective, we're looking uh, for the return of the Messiah. And that's what this season, I'd say like if there was like a major overall through line uh, in this season, that's what we're looking at. Yeah. And I, I would say we're, we're looking for that return of the Messiah. Um, but, you know, we, we want to be careful about incorporating too much of the tradition into biblical truth. And, you know, I, I think that uh, we need to recognize the fact that this is the only time in the history of the world that God has had two chosen people on the earth. Um, he's got Israel and he has the church. And the church is a commissioned people and Israel is a covenant people. And at some point in time, the church is going to be taken out of here. When I say the church, I don't mean some Gentile organization. The church made up of Jews and Gentiles. That is the body of Messiah. And we have been commissioned for something. But when the time, when God decides the time is to catch his, his bride away, uh, he's, we're going to be taken out of here. And all of the focus is going to be back on uh, God dealing with his covenant people. and you know, for that time for us, it could come at any day, at any moment. Uh, We don't have to wait for a feast day to take place uh, in Israel, but Israel has to wait for that feast day to take place uh, in order for all of these things to culminate and be fulfilled. Uh, You know, the, the calendar that we're looking at is for the Jewish people, and it's going to be fulfilled for them because God is going to fulfill his promises that he made going all the way back to Abraham and back to David. And he's going to uh, redeem his people, a specific people, that generation. Matt, any thoughts as we conclude up a little bit on, on these feasts? I, I've really, I've really appreciated you guys uh, bringing this, bringing this to us um, and giving it to us from a, from a Jewish perspective. Yeah, I, I, as I look at this, uh, for me, the culmination of the story it it, it comes at the end. Um, you know, right right now we're living in in what I would call the climactic scene. In every movie, there's that scene that takes place nine minutes before the end of the movie, where you wonder, uh, you know, will he uh, disarm the bomb before the city blows up, or will the the car get to the airport just in time before she leaves so he can propose, right? Like there's this moment of will all of these open story loops be resolved in the end? That's that's the, the season that we find ourselves in. And I, I do think 
um, you know, one of the things that we're going to be uh, working on and releasing here soon is is looking at uh, this waiting as a bride um, that we uh, all throughout Scripture from the very very beginning, um, the church. Uh, has been talked about as we are the bride of of Yeshua of Jesus, and He is the groom. And you have this. There was there was a a, a motif all throughout the Old Testament that that God loves and is wedded to his people. And you have the story of Hosea and, and God's faithfulness despite his bride running off and playing the harlot. But all of this gets resolved at the very end. And my favorite part of scripture is in Revelation 22. There are five words. It's the very last chapter, five words that we all look forward to. And those words are, they will see his face. There will be a day where the culmination of all these things, it won't be that, hey, half the feasts are fulfilled and half the feasts have yet to be fulfilled, um, but we will be looking backwards and all of the feasts will be fulfilled. And we will look upon the face of the groom. And when I've officiated weddings over the years, you know, it's great. The bride is always beautiful as she's coming down the center aisle, but I always love to look at the face of the groom because his face is one of delight. And so that's where the story is pushing. That is that is the culmination of uh, the groom dwelling with his bride. This is all of the language you get in like John 14, where Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And uh, in my father's house, there are many rooms. And so we're waiting for this groom uh, to come back at the father's command. And we don't know when that is, but when he comes back, he's going to come with his wedding party and he's going to come with a shout. And that will be the culmination of all things. And there will be a great marriage supper, a marriage feast, and there will be a celebration. There will be no more tears, no more pain, no more shame, uh, but that we will always be with him at that point. Well, as we finish up, uh, maybe you guys could give us a little insight into what the Jewish road is up to these days, uh, ways people can get connected to you guys and ways that, uh, yeah, they could. I know you have a podcast, you have, you have a bunch of different resources. So maybe just give us a, a quick little insight into what you're up to. Yeah, well, the Jewish Road uh, really exists to help. We are bridging that gap, right, between Act 1 and Act 2, but we are really helping Christians make sense of the roots of their faith, and not just for it to end there, but so that we can also reach out and help the Jewish people make sense of Jesus. And so we do that through teachings, and we do that through trips. Um, so we are a teaching ministry, and we are doing that through all kinds of ways. Dad, do you want to share some of those ways? This is a good opportunity for you. <laughs> well, we, yeah, we, uh, we put out uh, written blogs uh, that we put out, uh, and as Matt said, podcasts. We just got back from Texas a couple of days ago where uh, we uh, were able to uh, meet with uh, a lot of people who are very involved in, in Jewish ministry and ministry to Israel and strengthen a lot of those ties. And, you know, these are the, the things that we want to do. We have teaching uh, uh, videos. Uh, for example, if a church wants us to come out and uh, do a Passover Seder for them, uh, we did this just last Passover. Uh, there was probably over 200 people there and uh, they accessed our videos and were able to set up the entire uh, evening and tables and provide everything 
just ready for us to come in and conduct the uh, the Seder, uh, the Messiah and the Passover. We speak in churches. Uh, so if anybody is interested in having us come out and teach in a church, we just got done teaching in a church in Texas this last Sunday. Um, uh, we're available. They can go to our website at thejewishroad.com and uh, that will give them uh, all of the information that we just talked about. Plus, they can also, if they're interested, sign up to our trip for Israel to Israel. Yeah, I'm so proud of you that you got the the website down. I mean, you would it's it's unbelievable. Like, this is the guy that you know you you walk around your house looking for your keys, or you can't figure out Google Drive. But man, when it comes to this stuff, you've got it down now. I'm I'm proud well, of you. Uh, yeah, well, it took so long, but the, excuse me for a second while I wipe the drool from my face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's a. Uh, you, you can see that jewel in person, uh, but our, our favorite thing, Rich, is, is getting to partner with you and GTI and um, really to bring uh, the lessons of the Bible uh, to people. You, you get more in, in a 10-day or 12-day trip than, you, than you'll ever get uh, by sitting you know, for even five years in the church. There's just something about being in the land. We know the people of the Bible, but we don't know the places of the Bible. And so we really like to bring that alive. And so we have a couple trips coming up in the next year. Uh, and you can find out more about that at thejewishroad.com slash Israel. And that's where we get to connect. But that's our favorite thing is to go there. And our next trip, we're, uh, we're bringing my son who uh, is going to be doing his bar mitzvah uh, there uh, in Jerusalem. And so we're really excited. It's a, it's a family affair. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time. This this was a treat. Um, I've gotten a lot of time with Matt, but Ron, to have you on the show as well was fantastic because the, the little bit of bickering back and forth made the whole thing worthwhile for me. And <laughs> yeah, you guys really well, did open, open it up for us to understand. And, and I appreciate your ministry. I appreciate how you guys are reaching out to Christians to help them understand their Jewish roots. And I very much appreciate the fact that you are ministering to Jewish people, uh, that the most important thing, the most Jewish thing they can do is to believe in a Jewish Messiah. So this this is just great stuff. So thanks, guys. And I, and I hope you'll check out their website, check out their resources. They're definitely going to help you as you grow in your knowledge of Jesus Christ. So continue to look into these. And Guys, I'm excited to see you in the land. It's so great to have people back in Israel right now. So I can't wait for you guys to be there. Thanks, Rich. So until the next podcast, my friends, take care. And, you know, what's the saying, guys, next year in Jerusalem? Yes, we could say that. Or we also say, Sha'alu Shalom Yerushalayim. Pray for the peace peace of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Say that again, because that sounded really good. Sha'alu Shalom Yerushalayim. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. For more information on upcoming GTI study tours, please find us on the web at www.gtitours.org.